Hello, and welcome to the Breaking Up With Anxiety podcast. I am your host, the anxiety nutritionist, gut and hormonal health expert, yoga and meditation teacher, and cat mom, Taylor Jandro. And this podcast is designed to show you how to relieve and resolve your chronic anxiety through the powerful combination of food, lifestyle changes, targeted supplementation, gut and hormonal health optimization, nervous system regulation, yoga, meditation, mindset, lifestyle coaching, and more. And today, another client is joining me on the show, Jess, who you may recognize if you listen to my other podcast, the Just Winging It podcast, which is a podcast for entrepreneurs with anxiety and big freaking dreams, because Jess is my co-host. We met in 2021 when we did a service exchange, and part of that exchange was her taking the Breaking Up With Anxiety group coaching program. There is so much juicy goodness covered in this episode. I cannot wait for you to hear it. Jess shares how anxiety impacted her life from having panic attacks to feeling anxious about death and how it affected her work and her social life. She shares about how it kept her playing small for a really long time. She shares her experience of being misdiagnosed with IBS, being prescribed medication without any questions about her diet and lifestyle, and just feeling like the doctor really didn't know much about her history, didn't really spend a lot of time with her, which I'm sure a lot of you listening can relate to. We, of course, talk about her experience in the Breaking Up With Anxiety program. We talk about understanding cravings, stealth pathogens, parasite testing, how to properly detox, Uh, embracing the ups and downs of this journey to anxiety freedom, the power of community support, and so much more. So I'm just going to stop talking so we can just jump right in. Jess, welcome to the Breaking Up With Anxiety podcast. What's up? Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. The tables have turned. They for sure have. I'm Yeah, I'm super pumped. So for anybody listening who does not know this already, Jess and I actually have our own podcast together. Mm -hmm. It's called the Just Winging It podcast, and it is specifically for entrepreneurs with anxiety and big freaking dreams. Mm -hmm. And how that podcast came to be was because Jess and I connected. We did an energy exchange. We'll talk about that a little bit. And from doing our work together, we realized like, hey, (laughs) we have a lot to talk about that entrepreneurs need to know, especially entrepreneurs with anxiety. And so our podcast, Baby Was Born, check Mm -hmm. that out if you want, shameless plug. (laughs) (laughs) No shame. No shame. No shame. I know I need to stop saying that. Cross-promotion. I love it. Um, Cross-promotion. Exactly. So Jess and I connected because I'll give the little backstory and then I'll turn it over to you. So Jess and I connected because um, we have a mutual friend. She actually lived with one of my best friends, another Jess and another Jess H. Mm -hmm. So it's very confusing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And we never actually met because I was living in a different city. And so I'm sure Jess talked about you, but she had I always kind of joke like a revolving door of roommates. I think she had about like four or five roommates in the span that she lived on Shillington. Mm -hmm. And I knew a few of them because I went to school with them. And so I just like didn't remember you. No offense. No, that's fair. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Super fair. So one day my friend Jess messages me 
And she's like, hey, do you remember like Jess Haney that I used to live with? And I was like, nope. And she was like, well, she's a copywriter now. And she talks very openly about her struggles with anxiety. I think you should connect. It was once I started actually like talking online and building like a freebie and a, and like all that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And like launching my program and doing all those things. And she was like, Jess does that now. And that would be, I think a really cool connection. So I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. So I think I started following you or we can't remember how this happened, but somehow we started talking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and in having a conversation, Jess was being like, Oh, I downloaded your freebie. Like, do you have like a sequence? Like asking me all these like lodge copywriter questions. And I was like, yes, no, uh, I don't know. Like I just, <laughs> I just remember that. Cause I was kind of like a business newbie. And then I don't know who suggested it. And we were like, let's do a service exchange where Jess is going to come into breaking up with anxiety, take the program. And then she's going to help me write the sales page and help me do the launch and be my launch strategist and do all of these things, Mm -hmm. which is so cool because having somebody actually in the program and get the results and then help me like market and sell that program is just like, who gets an opportunity like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And something really funny that I have to say is, and you can elaborate on this, is Jess literally thought she was going to prove me wrong. She did not think it was going to (laughs) work. This is very true. Which is really funny. And she didn't tell me until afterwards. And we have like a good laugh about that. Now I think about that all the time. I'm like, well, I didn't want to like, I didn't want to be like, oh, the things that you're saying, like, you're full of shit, you know? (laughs) So I was like, okay, let's see, you know? And then after I'll be like, well, maybe it just like works for other people, but not for everyone, you know? Which so many people probably think, right? Like, oh, that's so great that it worked for her and her and her and her and her, but I, it won't work for me. And here's my laundry list of reasons why. Yeah. So why don't we start with what was your life like and how was your anxiety manifesting before you started the program? Oh my God. Okay. (laughs) That's a great question. Let's actually contextualize this and say this was a few years ago. Like you did the program very early 2021. So Mm -hmm. you're a few years out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I had, I had always had anxiety, but it wasn't something that I actually had words and language for. I would say until I had like my first panic attack. I would say, um, and then I realized like, oh my God, I think, I think what I have is anxiety. Like now that I'm actually thinking about it, because for me, it was just the way that I felt. It was just the way that my mind worked. It was just, yeah, that was just my life. And so the way that it would kind of manifest, um, I was just very, that It's funny to say. I was just very anxious anxious about a lot of things, like a lot of weird things um, around like death. And I remember one time my parents like came home late from a date night and I was it was like two minutes past the time they said they're, you know, like, oh, we'll be home at nine. And it was like 902. And I just had like a breakdown and I was like, they're dead. They they died on the way home. Like, da da da. I used to. Um, like lay awake at night and just like not be able to sleep, like thinking that 
my parents were going to die, that like my dad was just going to like die in his sleep, you know, like that's a lot of how my anxiety manifested. Um, and I, I play a lot with like, like I pick at my fingers and I, you know, I like tense my muscles and, and stuff like that. And so the interesting thing for me was that the anxiety never held me back from doing anything. Like I would get really nervous to like do speeches or speak on stage or like speak up in class. But I thought that was just kind of how everyone felt. So I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to say my thing anyways, or I'm going to do that speech anyways, or I'm going to, you know, like I was the valedictorian in grade eight. And I remember like, I I came off the stage and I was like, I think I blacked out, you know, because I was so... <laughs> Don't know what I nervous. said. Yeah, I have Hope no idea. I probably raced through that, like, you know, um, just, just all of these things. But then when it got really bad was when I was in college. And that was when I stopped being able to just kind of like push through it all the time. After I had my like first panic attack and I would be like, visibly nervous in like we had oral practicals so like exams where the teacher would be like asking you stuff and you had to perform so I was in massage therapy so I had to like perform massage moves and talk about what I was doing when I wouldn't do this like all these kind of things and it was yeah it was like kind of tough but it was all shit that I knew and I would be like trembling like my lips were like shaking my hands were just shaking and I like I felt like I couldn't get a grip on it and I even one time um couldn't sleep the night before a big um oral practical and I emailed my teacher in a panic at three in the morning and he ended up walking me the next day because my email was so frantic he walked me to like the like student like mental health services after my exam what an angel (laughs) oh he was he was amazing like he was such a great and supportive teacher um and yeah so just like you know I can just think of moments where it felt like you know my entire life is just this like baseline of you know being kind of anxious um I would make excuses to get out of going to parties um like last minute I would just bail because I would just be so like nervous I would have um I remember having a panic attack on the way to work and getting to work and I had been like bawling and my boss wouldn't let me off my shift because I was like he had put me in a really good section and this other girl who actually like worked in mental health and sh- this like restaurant job was her her side biz like what she was doing on the side and she went up to my boss and was like no like i will take all of her tables like do you see her like oh that gives how- me goosebumps I like how that. are you how are you making her work right now like i was mm-hmm. visibly not okay and there wasn't even any quote unquote reason it's not like I was bad at my job or any, it was just like I was driving to work and I got this panicky feeling. I had a panic attack and then I had to go home. And I remember the same thing happening at Starbucks when I worked at Starbucks and I just went into the back room and had a panic attack. And my boss was like, oh my gosh, like go home. And 
I would just have to miss like shifts at work fairly often because I was just like, I don't, I don't feel good. And that was the language that I had to describe it. And of course I couldn't call my work and be like, Oh, I'm having anxiety right now. Right. Like nobody, unless you're like, Oh, I have a stomach ache and I'm shitting my brains out. They're like, come into work, you know? Even then, the restaurant industry is notorious. I mean, after COVID, it's gotten way better. But the mm-hmm. restaurant industry is notoriously bad for not caring. Oh, yeah. If you are so sick that, honestly, even if you had the language and you were like, hey, I have anxiety, I wouldn't be surprised if the your boss was like, well, you got to come in. I can't cover yeah. it. You know? Yeah, like I can't find anyone. to me many yeah. times. I actually had a panic attack on the way to work. I used to be able to walk to work in Toronto. And I literally was so mortified about having a panic attack in public because they had all been in like the privacy usually of my own place Mm -hmm. that I threw myself into the bushes. Literally, it was like very dramatic. (laughs) And I was like in this like little ball in the bush. I don't mean to laugh. I know. Like the visual. I literally was like, oh shit, oh shit. (laughs) And like threw myself into these bushes. And I was literally just like, crying like at the time it was not funny but like we can I can laugh about it now right you yeah can laugh with me now because it is a funny visual in your head but it's very not funny what's happening yeah and I was like cut up like I was completely cut up I like composed myself I didn't have my friggin Ativan on me and I was mm-hmm. like what the hell like why didn't I bring my Ativan like that's so dumb but I used to be really bad at catching myself so I would always take my Ativan too late and it would knock me out like, you know how you were supposed to, like, take it when you feel it coming on and then you could kind of curb the panic attack? But mm-hmm. I would always be, like, in the middle of a panic I was, like, in denial that it was happening. And then I'd be like, okay, fuck, I need an Ativan. And so I guess that's why I never brought it with me to work was I was like, I can't be, like, comatose at work. Anyway, right. I was, like, all cut up. I go to work. I, I, like, compose myself, kind of. But same thing. I'm, like, shaking. Mm-hmm. I'm cut up. I'm bleeding. Like... <laughs> And I get there and I was like, I can't work. Like, and I, same thing. I was like, I, I knew I had anxiety because I was diagnosed, but I was not comfortable saying that because I thought it was like a weakness and that I wouldn't get, mm-hmm. I was getting like the best shifts and I didn't want that. I was like a very strong bartender and I didn't want that to be taken away from me. And I thought that saying that I had anxiety and panic disorder and depression would be like a weakness and that would be held mm-hmm. against me, which like yeah. everyone thinks that. Right. And so I, I, told a friend that I worked with. She was like one of my really good friends and she knew what was going on. And I went to my manager and I was like, I have to go home. Like I'm sick. I really can't work. I'm so sorry. And he was so confused. Cause he's like, you're standing in front of me. Like yeah. you look, you look a little beat up, but like you seem fine. Yeah. And same thing. My friend was like, go home. Like I'll mm-hmm. talk to him, just go home. And she had a lot of seniority and they like really liked her. And so I went home. Um, so very similar story. And I actually didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And like, those kind of moments were always the ones where I was like, oh, like, I need to do something about this now. I need to do something about this now. But I never knew what to do. And I didn't want to go on medication. It wasn't even something that I really explored. I kind of was in the mindset of, A, this is just, I, I've had this forever. So this is just my life. And B, like, maybe it'll just go away someday. (laughs) So (laughs) I never went on medication. I never really talked to my doctor about this, but I was living in Ottawa and I didn't have a family doctor. Like I had this walk-in clinic that I would go to. And I remember going to them about like, 
all of these like adjacent anxiety issues. So I would go and I'd be like, yo, I've had diarrhea for like a month. It doesn't matter what I eat, what I drink, not like, and the woman goes, oh, you have IBS. And I was like, okay. And she's like, let me write you a prescription for that. And I was like, cool. So like, how long do I take this? And she was like, forever. And I was like, uh, thank you. And I just literally threw the prescription out and was like, <laughs> this woman didn't ask me. I was like, I, I, cause I walked out of there so confused because I was like, she didn't ask if I eat dairy and maybe I should get a test for being lactose intolerant. She didn't ask, oh, are you just like eating chips and candy and pop for your diet? Like she literally didn't ask me anything. She was like, oh, you're having a lot of diarrhea. No matter what you eat, it's IBS here's a prescription and I was like no yeah okay question are you asking these questions now because you know through all the work we've done together that these are symptoms of digestive function which also manifest into anxiety or at the time did you also make the connection between like what you were eating I didn't make the connection between what I was eating and the anxiety I didn't know that the like that my stomach issues were an anxiety thing but I remember thinking because my mom and my brother are both lactose intolerant um and I remember being like as if she didn't ask me about that Mm -hmm. like as if she didn't ask me a single question and I just remember being like she didn't tell me to cut out pop and chips which like at that time oh my god like I would eat peanut M&Ms for dinner before I went for a shift at the restaurant I would drink I was majorly like intermittent fasting at that time and I would survive off of black coffee and like Americanos until like 2 p.m and then I would like gorge because I was so fucking hungry I didn't ask if we're allowed to swear on your podcast. Yes, we can. We can. Okay, <laughs> cool. Um, because I would be so hungry. And then, you know, I was eating like like a bagel breakfast sandwich with cream cheese. And, you know, I would have like some kind of like smoothie with like all this dairy in it. And she just didn't ask me a single question. And I thought that was really fucked. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know. I didn't put all of it together. But I was like, I don't think a lifelong medication is something I want to do right now, especially coming from somebody who doesn't know me, doesn't know really anything about my history. This is a walk-in clinic. You see a different doctor every time you go in. Like, yeah. So. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm learning so many new things and I love it. Um, (laughs) Okay. Fast forward to you being entrepreneur. How much did your anxiety impact you then? So I think the way that it impacted me when I became an entrepreneur was that, oh, let me think. Like, I was actually always very confident with doing, like, discovery calls. Like, I know a lot of people get really anxious around those kind of things, like discovery calls and charging money and raising prices. That was never an issue for me. My issue with becoming an entrepreneur was when I would have my, like, really low days after being super wound up and super anxious that I would, like miss a deadline 
or I would just be like frantically trying to finish up a project and rush it because like I couldn't function for the last two days and then I would be making sloppy mistakes or I would miss something in my work that I was like how did you how did you miss that like that's that's like day one shit right there you know um and I guess it kind of held me back from coming out and saying that I was a copywriter and announcing what I was doing for a really long time. Like I stayed in the background, like working on Upwork for a really, really long time because I didn't want people to know that I was a copywriter because what if they hired me and what if I actually wasn't good? And then what if like those are real people that I know versus like a random person behind like a profile on Upwork who lives somewhere else. And so it, it kind of, I hate this term, but like it kept me playing small for a really long time. Um, and then when I finally came out, I, I remember I made my Instagram account like Jess Haney Copy and Funnels. This was back when it was like super long handle. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, I made the account and then immediately I put it to private and just let <laughs> oh, it shit, oh, sit shit. there. And I, yeah, I was like, ah, people are going to like come find me and be like, you're a copywriter like who do you think you are you know um and then when I finally like announced that this is what I do and I like started sharing it I was like fucking terrified and I would like I filmed so much content and never released any of it and I was just like it's not good enough it's not good enough it's not good enough and I would write and rewrite emails and I was just a ball like a like a mess I was just like oh my god I don't know what I'm doing I'm flailing around and yeah that was kind of how it impacted me there was just like I think I spun my wheels because of it for a really really long time did you have any physical symptoms and did your physical symptoms impact like your day-to-day life or your ability to show up in your in your work so I don't know if I had physical symptoms like right away, but it was when I became an entrepreneur was kind of like full time in my business. That was kind of when I started experiencing more physical symptoms that I obviously didn't know were related to anxiety. So I wasn't having more like panic, but I was getting really lightheaded and I was getting like really tired but not being able to sleep and all that kind of stuff and I remember actually one time it was like really soon after I started my like I went full-time in my business and I was in the shower or in the bathroom it was something to do with the bathroom and Franco came around the corner and it scared me and I could not calm down the entire day I was like on edge my heart was racing like I'm talking hours and hours later I was still freaking out and he was like babe we live together like how can I not move around my home (laughs) yeah and he's like I feel like and like and you know this kept happening and not to that extent of it being like all day but like the that time that it did happen and he was like "I, I feel like I can't even live around here because like I'm now I'm worried about scaring you. So now he's anxious. And yeah. 
So I reviewed um, my like notes from mm. you before yeah. jumping on this call because I had a few things that I wanted to confirm. And um, I remember as I was going through it, I was having like flashbacks to like you messaging me being like, are all these symptoms like connected to anxiety? Because yeah. I'm like checking off symptoms that I'm like, what the hell? Like I thought this was super normal. Like I mm. didn't know. And I was like, they're not necessarily connected. Like they are, they're not like connected to the anxiety in the way that the anxiety is influencing them, but they're connected to gut health, which is creating your anxiety mm-hmm. and they're connected to your adrenals. Like what you just talked about, about being easily startled and not being able to come down from that adrenals. But then why are your adrenals like that? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and something else that this is what I wanted to confirm. I wanted to confirm because for transparency, um, breaking up with anxiety used to be, it's a little bit different than it is now. So it used to be a hybrid program and that was the only option. And now there's a group only option or a one-on-one option. And the way that the hybrid used to work was you would have like that one initial intake call where you would fill out my crazy long intake form. Oh my gosh. <laughs> super <laughs> in-depth. And even the forms give people like a little bit of anxiety, right? Because they're just like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, just all good do your best guess, just get through it kind of thing. Anyway, and then we jump on a call and I would create like a custom protocol. And then you would go in to the program into the Facebook group. And we used to have weekly group coaching calls that used to be face to face. And I think you came to like one of the calls. <laughs> I think I came to like three or four. Okay. 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 Yeah. Okay. That's good. Um, but I think it's also good because you can speak to the fact that uh, you don't necessarily need the calls to like see the progress in the program. Right. And mm-hmm. what I wanted to check was your supplement protocol specifically and your supplement mm. protocol, like to a T is like the protocol that's like in the group coaching program right now. Cause that's like how that base protocol was built. Cause the more I worked with mm. women, I started to be like, Oh, there are six foundational supplements that I use across the board. And then mm. there's like kind of four, that are optional and maybe depending on the person, but these core six I've been using across the board and I've just been changing it based on like their country or if there's Mm. like a contraindication or something like that. So why don't you walk us through what your journey was like in the program? Like, what was it Mm. like doing it? Did you learn anything that blew your mind? How did you feel afterwards? (laughs) Yeah, I think the thing that blew my mind was... um, So the first thing was that you were never like, oh, you have to cut out everything, right? So I knew like, and I I had known from, you know, talking with you and consuming your content and all these things that, you know, I was gonna have to get rid of gluten and dairy and corn and all these things. But I was like, I don't want to stop drinking coffee. And you were like, you don't have to. And I was like, I don't want to stop eating ice cream. Like I eat ice cream every single day. And you're like, you don't have to, you know, and you were like, just pick a couple things and you can, you can keep doing those things, but then we're going to make changes kind of everywhere else. And so that really surprised me in like that it felt not a hundred percent restrictive or like I wasn't having to completely change everything overnight. Um, And so, yeah, that was definitely the first thing where I was like, okay, but then I was like side-eyeing it, you know, being like, (laughs) well, if I like keep doing all these things, like, is it even going to work? And, you know, starting off slow, I felt pretty like, oh, like, 
drink more water, you know, like whatever. How can that possibly make a difference? <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm like, that's so annoying. Like, can't I just like do this with like another week, you know? Um, I'm also just like very stubborn and I want the shortcut to everything. Like that's who I am. I hate, I hate taking every single step that you need to take to do something. Like <laughs> I'm such a butthead. You and so many other people, right? It's yeah. like, a lot of us humans are like, I want the easy, where's the easy button? Where yeah. is it? <laughs> yeah, I know. And so I kind of, um, I would say I kind of fumbled through the start of the program because I would like, I was really bad at remembering the supplements. Um, but even just taking gluten out and really scaling back on the amount of gluten that I was eating, like, that had such a profound change for me. And it was the kind of thing that I was like, oh, is this, is this what this feels like, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that kept me motivated to continue on and like keep making the other changes. Um, and it was, it was actually like really, really cool the progression to like actually starting to feel better and being like oh my gosh like I would wake up in the morning and I actually like wanted to go out and do the moving meditations you know the whole my everybody in my house was still asleep and I was like oh like I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna get sunlight on my eyes and I'm gonna do a moving meditation you know and it became this like this like sort of like source of calm to start my day and I just noticed such a profound change from that. So like noticing that I had the energy to do that and get up and get out of bed and that I was drawn to going and actually doing the stuff and the way that I was eating, like I stopped getting super tired in the afternoons and I was like, I don't feel like I need to take a nap. And, you know, all of these things, it was just like the phlegm it, ball in the throat was gone. Oh my God, my fucking <laughs> throat phlegm ball it's like you know what that thing comes back with a vengeance if I have even like if I say the word gluten it's like oh my god it's like candy man don't say uh, it yeah like I lay in bed and I'm like oh gluten got me today you know like and I'm very that's the one thing that I'm like a hundred percent do not come at me with I'm not having a single thing in my meal with that. Like, no, no, no. Um, and that's a personal decision. Yes. And you came to that personal decision and you like willingly, mm -hmm. like, I didn't even, I didn't tell you to do that. You know, no. that's something that going through the program, you were just like, I just feel so good that yeah. I want to take this out. And I consume it still from time mm -hmm. to time because it feels good to me. There's other things that I've removed like alcohol because just time and time again, I was like, this is not serving me. And again, mm -hmm. that's a personal decision. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's one of those things. And like, um, like dairy, I have like almost a hundred percent removed dairy. Like there's nothing that I love more than like a coffee with like extra cream, but I'm like, then I'm, I feel like a shit bag, you know, for, forever it feels like like the phlegm ball you know so and you found cashew based ice creams that you loved yeah. and you were so resistant you were like I'm not gonna like these and then yeah. you're like yo these are really good <laughs> they were they're really good I actually have this like oat one in my freezer now but one thing that I do want to touch on there is that 
it's so it's so hard to like encompass everything that breaking up with anxiety does but with helping to balance my blood sugar my cravings for sweets actually went way down and you know that's a a lot about getting enough protein and making sure that like you're getting a lot of fiber and all of these like foundational pieces um but what i have found is like i've had this container of ice cream in my freezer for like two weeks and it's like a third empty wow (laughs) and i'll go weeks without even like buying ice cream you know and this is this is like oat-based ice cream it's not dairy but it's super delicious Mm -hmm. um but like I was like I'm now able to eat stuff in moderation it's not like I get my hands on something and I'm like oh my god like I can never stop like I used to just like gorge on sweets and candy and now like if I eat a sugar candy I'm like "Mm, I think I'm good you know whereas I used to dummy like a whole bag of starburst or cherry blasters or what have you so that was really crazy like I remember that post you were like what is going yeah. on it was like it was like I so think it was, many I was exclamation like, marks you were mind blown and I say this all the time to people your cravings are not has nothing to do with self-control mm-hmm. like and that's what people think right like oh if I just had more self-control then mm-hmm. I wouldn't like dummy that bag of whatever the cherry blasters, you know, but it's actually not about that. It's about your blood sugar balance, it's about your mineral balance in the body, which is going to influence your blood sugar balance. Mm-hmm. And it's about what's going on with your gut. Like, is there dysbiosis? Is there an imbalance with the gut pathogens? Mm-hmm. And that will also create cravings. So it really has nothing to do with willpower. And hopefully that gives people, hopefully that allow gives people permission to be like kinder to themselves because I promise you if you're having trouble tackling your cravings it has nothing to do with like you no oh absolutely not absolutely not and it's and I can even tell the times where I'm I kind of use my cravings as like a litmus test Mm, like I can tell if I'm having like really stressful like period in my business and I'm not doing all of my breath work and the meditation and you know the movement and all these things it's like I'll be like we got to go get treats like let's go get snacks right now and we'll go and I'll you know eat like a whole bag of chocolate and then I'm like oh shit (laughs) here it is like we need to (laughs) dial we need to dial some things in and so for me it's been this like ebb and flow but I know how to like get back into the flow so much easier and so much faster it's not like a on the wagon off the wagon you know like get back on the wagon it's like oh like I just kind of need to I don't even know what I could say to keep with the wagon analogy like I don't know I like it and I think I've told you this before maybe on our podcast but I like the analogy of going up the stairs and it's like sometimes you just need to like stop and take a break because it's a lot to climb a lot of stairs, you know, Mm -hmm. or sometimes you take two steps back on the stairs, but you're not at ground zero. Mm -hmm. You're still like, you know, more than halfway up the stairs or the stairs are never ending. It's life. Um, you know, mm-hmm. these changes that uh, you make in the program, they're forever, they're for life, because you rebuild your health, like your gut health, your hormonal health, you do all that, and then you have to maintain it. But that doesn't mean that we're all we're humans, and life lifes us and things get mm-hmm. stressful. And, 
we crave comfort food or we fall back into like old habits and patterns. And Mm -hmm. it's just about being mindful of that and being kind and compassionate to yourself and then giving yourself a few days and then, yeah, getting back on the horse for the lack of a better analogy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think just having the, the tools to be able to do that, it's because I used to think with cravings that it was a self-control thing, you know, Mm -hmm. and now realizing that that's not the case, because like I can have chocolate and stuff in the house. And sometimes, like I said, I can't handle it. And I'm just eating oh, like so much of it. And I'm, I'm not feeling well, but it's like, you know, there are other things going on that like are taking my attention. Right. But Mm -hmm. I know that it has nothing to do with my ability to have self-control. Like that's not what it's about. And so it takes that layer of like guilt off, which is nice. Totally. Yeah. So how did you feel by the end of the program to the best of your memory, (laughs) your recollection? Like what was your new baseline? If forever your baseline was, oh, I'm just an anxious person. This is just Mm -hmm. normal. What was your new baseline after? Yeah. So after the program, I would say like I was at like 90 to 95% like totally good. And there were some things that were that I knew like I need to address these anxieties in therapy because they come from trauma and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Um, But I on a day to day basis felt so much better like pooing every day and actually being able to get to sleep like feeling tired at the right time and going to sleep without like taking Ativan, <laughs> you know? Um, yep, that was me. <laughs> I took Ativan for years until I got cut off because I was mm-hmm. using it to sleep. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, I stopped having so much um, like social anxiety where, like I said before, I would still, I would, I would sometimes cancel, but I would still show up to things and just be like really anxious. And I've actually never talked about this before. I've never told anyone, but I remember going to um, a girl's Christmas get together. And as I pulled in the driveway, I all of a sudden just started shaking and I get in the door and my friends were like, what's wrong? And I was like, oh, I almost hit a deer on the way here. Uh, and I so that I had you a reason. needed an explanation I needed a reason to be yeah. like shaky you yeah. know whereas like that completely went away like not like all of that went away um I felt just like more calm honestly like on a day-to-day basis I felt like I could observe things instead of like react to them in the moment which was like really wild <laughs> respond versus reacting this was a big thing for me as well because I used to be a very reactive person and I still like that's my patterning like that's what was modeled to me growing Mm -hmm. up so I absolutely can still be reactive like we're humans we're not perfect and we're not chasing perfection and of course I'm the most reactive in my relationship like with Steve Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. but I am, I tell him all the time. I'm like, you would never have dated me if you knew me when I was in my early twenties. Like you wouldn't have gone near me with a 10 foot pole. Yeah. 
<laughs> because I was a completely different person in, ten, in terms of like my reactivity. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the biggest things that like still kind of blows my mind to this day. And I, I, I always kind of think I'm like, I feel so bad for my like first couple of boyfriends. Like they listen, they weren't perfect either, but like yeah. I put them through the ringer. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. And then, so around that time, we're going to fast forward a little bit because Jess and I mm-hmm. are working together again and we're going to talk about yes. why. But so then, you know, months went by and then that's kind of when we were, Jess messaged me out of the blue. I was thinking of messaging her about starting a podcast, but then out of the blue, she messaged me, I guess not out of the blue because the energy was like in alignment mm-hmm. in the universe. But she messaged me one day and she was like, she was like, yo, do you want to do a podcast together? Because all the work that I did in breaking up with anxiety has completely changed how I run my business. Mm-hmm. And I think like, I think you were going through a launch and you were like the nervous system regulation that I learned through doing everything and breaking up with anxiety has just been so helpful in this launch versus I would have been like a basket case before. And mm-hmm. you were like, I think other entrepreneurs need to know this. And I was like, yes, yes, they do. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. And I think it was, we, previously had just been like voice noting back and forth and Mm -hmm. I remember like scrolling through our conversation it was just like like all those like voice note bubbles and like minutes and minutes and minutes and then minutes and minutes and minutes of reply and I was like yo people need to hear this yeah like on a larger scale yeah and let's bring what I do from the health perspective and what you do through like the strategy and Mm -hmm. copywriting perspective and boom like that's what you need to run a business. You need yeah. both of those things. And mm-hmm. most people are like, oh, I just need the strategy. Yes. Like, I just need the copywriting and stuff. Yes. So then, you know, time went by. And just more recently, we have dove into eliminating stealth pathogens, mm-hmm. parasites, et cetera, et cetera. So I would love for you to share in your own words why, why we're doing this now, but also mm-hmm why it's still really important to do breaking up with anxiety first before Mm. jumping into like a parasite detox. Yeah. So my journey to getting here and the reason that we even like ran the test for the parasites was I felt significantly better from doing breaking up with anxiety but what I was seeing was a lot of the women in the group were posting that they were at like 95 to 100 percent better and following your guidelines of doing the 70 30 right 70 percent compliance 30 percent eat and do whatever you want and I was like I only feel this good when I am like 95 to 100 percent following compliance I would if I would you know, go away for the weekend and eat pasta and have ice cream and not get sleep. I was like, for like two weeks, it was like, I was super anxious again. It like, it came flooding back. Which and, is too long for anybody listening. Like yeah. it's fine to be thrown off for a few days, mm-hmm. but two weeks is a little long. Yeah. And it was, you know, I would just, and it would be immediate. Like I would like we would have passed on Sunday and Monday I wake up and be like, oh my God, why am I so fucking nervous? Like this sucks. And I used to be able to live with that feeling, right? Mm -hmm. That was just my baseline. But now I was like, oh my God, like this is, this isn't my normal anymore. Like what's going on? So I could pinpoint it. And I would say 
when I what was kind of the turning point for I me say and this could be wrong this is my recollection but obviously I don't know what was going on fully in the background with you but I remember I was like diving into learning all about the bioresonance testing that I run and I was sharing this with you and I was running it on myself and you know friends and family and stuff and I was sharing with you like what was happening just in our you know we're friends so in our mm -hmm. conversations and I remember you being like, oh, maybe like I should get that. Maybe there was stuff going on behind the scenes, but that's what I remember happening. Well, <laughs> I think that what had happened was I had started to have pretty extensive sleep issues. Right. Started popping up. And I remember like posting in the Bring Up With Anxiety Facebook group. Oh, and I was I like, oh my God, like I'm just laying awake at night. I'm doing my breath work. I'm meditating. Like I'm not like... I'm eating I've, high protein. I'm, like, yeah, I'm like not drinking coffee right now so that I can just like sleep and I'm exhausted, but I can't fall asleep. Um, and do you remember I was also messaging you saying that I was having these like random pains when I was having sex? Yes, 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 yes. Oh, yes, and, yes, yes. Yeah. And so um, and I had like I went to the gyno. I had ultrasounds. They looked at everything and they were like, you are totally fine right like they're like there's nothing that we can see nothing's coming up whatever but I was just having all this like lower abdominal discomfort and so there were just all of these things that were starting to sort of present themselves right and I was grinding my jaw a lot and I was like, I just, I feel like I'm not able to manage my stress and anxiety like I was when I first took the program. And so I remember when we, when we dove deeper into when I wasn't sleeping and we looked back in the Facebook group and I just kind of like looked at my, cause I was like writing some things down and yet this was the trippiest fucking thing. You were like, okay. So this is all around the full moon and yes. parasites, you're like parasites are extremely active under the full moon. That's when they breed and replicate. And you said the, um, the energy and the stimulation from them being so active is stimulating you awake at night. And the light is brighter, like, because the full moon's in the sky, mm -hmm. and the light is brighter, and it's, like, literally stimulating, like, that melatonin, and that melatonin, serotonin, like, they gobble up on those neurotransmitters, so, yes, oh, yeah, okay, I remember, I was, like, okay, I want you to take note of, like, these three things, and I think I gave you three things, and then you came mm -hmm. back, and you were, like, yes, 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 and I was, like, okay, parasites. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God, and I remember you telling me about the breeding thing, and I was so pissed. I was, like, you're telling me these things are not only they've taken up host in my system, but they're making it so that I can't fucking sleep. Like, How and sleep rude. to me is like, I uh, am obsessed with sleeping. So that was the, that was um, sort of the turning point for you being like, and you said, maybe you have a uterine parasite member. Mm -hmm. And you were like, so let's do this test. Because they don't just live in your stool, everybody. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are microscopic. They're naked. I know it sounds so gross to talk about it. Like, you know, oh my God, I have worms in me. But a lot of them are microscopic, naked to the human eye. And they live like everywhere. And you can't like in your nasal cavities, like in your uterus, like everywhere. Like you can't mm -hmm. actually pass uh, parasites with my last bleed. 
Oh. Yeah. How do you know? Cause I think they're liver flukes because I know what liver flukes look like. They kind of look like rolled up tomato skins. And they're really hard to detect on testing because they rarely burrow. And they, they will never come up on like a GI map because they're in your liver. They're not in your stool. And yeah, I, I was getting them last because I never have clumps and they don't look like clumps. And I remember telling Steve, I was like, uh, I take basic like opening up the elimination pathways, just like basic supplements, like the mm-hmm. ones we started you on before going deeper into the parasitic mm-hmm. stuff. I like take those twice a year. Right. Uh, And I did some recent testing and heavy metals came up. They always come up for me. So I was just kind of opening up the pathways again. And even in just doing that, sometimes you can pass stuff. And I was totally passing flukes. And I sent a picture to like a few colleagues and they were like, yeah, those are flukes. Anyway. Whoa. (laughs) That's crazy. It's cool when they start to come out and you're like, bye bye. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've had a couple like times of being like, oh, I think I've passed something just because yeah. of like the symptoms that I was giving. I haven't like seen anything and I'm not Most like- Most of the time you won't see. I'm not inspecting my poo. Like- <laughs> Oh, I am. <laughs> I know. I look every time. <laughs> no, I'm like, I'm like, what does she look like on the Baristol stool chart? We're yeah. good. Bye-bye. You know, I'm not like, no, there's That's nothing it. more. That's the yeah. extent. Just yep. a quick peek. Is it a type three, type four? Okay, we're good. That's a yeah. marker of my health. Moving on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um. So yeah, we did the testing and it came back with multiple parasites, heavy metals, molds, all of these things. Bacteria imbalances, yeah. Bacteria, like all this stuff. And then you gave me this like big box of supplements and you were like, (laughs) we're going to do this thing. And then I did not do this thing. I didn't do the thing. (laughs) I didn't do the thing because I, it like clearing parasites is like a full-time job it feels like you have to be ready for it like yes. mentally emotionally mm-hmm. physically which is why breaking up with anxiety is super important yes yes <laughs> and I was I was not like I was not ready my business was like I you know I was doing a lot of cool stuff and I was like I I'd seen people on parasite protocols before and being tired and all this stuff and I was like oh like I can't afford that right now yeah. so it took, so we did the test in April. Mm-hmm. I got the supplements from you in May when I came to Ottawa on May 2-4. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then I brought the supplements home and was like, okay, I'm going to get like back to 100% on the BUA protocol. I did that. I started feeling so much better that again, because I was at the 100% mark and I was like, oh, these parasites, they're not really doing much. Like I'm what parasites. Fine. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm good. And then it was recently in February, after I had gone through that really stressful period in the intensive. And I think my system was just like finally coming down and I got the vid. And I, you know, I just like all these the burnout stuff. Cause yeah. I had burnout. So you were like, send me that the mm-hmm. intake thing and I sent it to you and you were like uh, uh shit <laughs> yeah and like I just was noticing that I was like very unwell like every single weekend and I wasn't sleeping well and I was like all of these things just started to come back up but then what I was also experiencing was extreme like 
lightheadedness and dizziness and I was forgetting stuff. And if I were to have like a night of not being able to sleep, the next day I was waking up with extreme brain fog, eye pain. I like, I would turn my head and it was like the, what I was seeing, like my vision would like take a second to catch up. And like, I was having all these headaches and I would just cry. And I remember you being like, you haven't dealt with the parasites. Mm -hmm. They're, they're telling you like, you can't, you know, like this isn't going to go away. And I, it was kind of like, I feel like I hit rock bottom and finally was like, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna kill these fuckers. And that's what we've been doing. Yeah. And I just want to kind of point out a few things here. Um, The interesting thing about parasites is that a lot of people can be asymptomatic for a long time until they go through something really stressful. And then they go through something really stressful and that can, that really triggers and activates these symptoms. Another thing I want to point out is as wonderful as it is that you were doing 100% compliance, it's hard to live your life in 100% compliance. And like, I don't have that. I don't do that. I don't have that expectation of absolutely everyone. If you want to do that, do it. Go for you. Like, wow. Like I have um, Mm -hmm. colleagues that literally live in 100% and I'm like, bow down. Like I have so much respect, (laughs) but I don't, I don't think I will ever get there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just don't think I will, you know? Um, And so you're kind of faced with two choices where it's like, I can live in this 100% and I can keep all these symptoms like really at bay or maybe, okay, it's time to tackle these, these parasites. Another Mm -hmm. thing I wanted to point out was the reason, because people might have heard us say like parasites, heavy metals, mold, bacteria imbalance. And they're like, oh my God, why are there so many things? Mm -hmm. Because parasites sequester and harbor all of these things. So parasites will go, they'll like collect all the heavy metals, they'll collect the mold, they'll like hold on to it because they're they're smart little things. And they're basically like, okay, I have all of these things, these little bombs. And so if you start to try to kill me, I'm going to just like detonate all these things. Mm -hmm. And of course, a parasite is going to fuel a bacteria imbalance in the gut. All bacteria and parasites and living organisms, they create byproducts just like we poo and pee and breathe and sweat. Um, And so those byproducts, candida is like, ooh, yummy. It's like food for them. And then they overgrow. It's like this, this big thing. So there's a very very intentional way that detoxes have to be done and it's not Mm -hmm. going to your health food store and getting like a 30-day parasite detox or doing like those drops on tiktok or whatever that people are doing to like pass parasites like you have to like make sure the doors of the body are open you have to make sure the body is fully prepped and supported and nourished which means like the dietary things like the protein has to be up, the gluten, dairy, sugar, and soy have to be down. There needs to be some kind of mindfulness meditation, breath work practice, the mm-hmm. sunlight, the daily, like everything we talk about in breaking up with anxiety has to be in place first, or you're going to have a really hard time detoxing. It's not necessarily dangerous. I don't want people to get that impression, but it will exacerbate your mental health symptoms, mm-hmm. which is like, not what we want. Yeah. So, okay. I feel like there's probably some people listening who might be like, 
oh, that's so frustrating, you know, that maybe I have parasites and I have to do like this foundational breakup or I have to do all these things. And then in addition to that, I have to mm. go through and do a parasite protocol. Like what, what like words of encouragement would you have to say about that? Because I totally get that, by the way. Mm. I completely understand why someone might be feeling that frustration because mm. sometimes there is a lot to do for our health and it can feel really overwhelming and daunting and just like, oh, what's the point, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the thing that I was, that I just like keep in mind is like the time is gonna pass anyways. So whether this takes three months or six months, like that time's going to pass. And I can, I, I just like when it got to the, to being really bad, I remember being like, wow, if I'd have started back then when I found out I would be through this by now, you know? And so it was the kind of thing where I was like, I can either just get started or I can faff around about it. And it truly is like even today. So last night, and I'm only what five weeks. Yeah, you're you're into your step like two. Yeah. So we haven't even gotten into like really killing the parasites yet. We're really just working on like opening up the pathways of elimination, opening up drainage, removing biofilm, which is this like sticky goo that parasites will hide behind which is another reason they get missed on stool testing a lot, Mm. because if they're hiding behind this, they literally won't come out. It's almost like this wall, this protective wall they get to hide behind. So we have to kill, we have to like break that down first. Like there's just so many steps, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like even so last night I stayed up really late reading my book. I didn't realize. And it was literally, I was up till two. And the last time... The last time I was up till two and I worked a lot yesterday. It was a Saturday and I don't usually work, but I had to. And I was very stressed it, and I missed eating lunch. So it was like this perfect combination Sorry. of I missed lunch. I was extremely stressed. I stayed up really, really late, didn't get as much sleep. The last time that that happened was when I had that really bad day of waking up and my head hurt and my eyes hurt and I was crying. And I'm here right now. Like we went out for breakfast. I was totally fine. No headache. Like I'm already starting to feel better. Oh and my we've, gosh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah, we've like, quote unquote, barely done anything. Yeah. And I literally said to Jess as she jumped on, I'm like, oh my gosh, you look so like fresh. Mm-hmm. You look like bright eyed and bushy tailed. This is what I, I was, was thinking till, in my head. <laughs> I was up till two last night. Like, who am I? Uh, I would like be a zombie. No, maybe not. Yeah. That's not true. I don't know. <laughs> but- yeah. And this, the, like if this was six weeks ago, I would have canceled we wouldn't have gone for breakfast. Like Franco and I did a whole meal plan today, like came up with like, what are we eating this week? Like we wrote down all of the ingredients that we use for every single meal that we eat so that we can make our meal prep really easy. Like we've done, I went and watered my friend's plants. I went and watered my mom's plants. it's two o'clock in the afternoon right now. Yeah. You've done a lot. (laughs) Yeah. On a Sunday, my hair is curled. I'm wearing real clothes. I had jeans on earlier. Like, we're only five weeks into this bitch and I'm like already feeling so much better. And you've been experiencing fatigue, but you haven't been experiencing like an uptake in any mental health symptoms. Um, 
No. Okay, so okay, so I don't know if this is an uptake in the mental health symptoms, but this week with the project that I was working on, I experienced like unprecedented levels of imposter syndrome. Mm. lots of anxiety like lots 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 like to the point where you were working on like anxiety around the imposter syndrome yeah yes like to the point where it was again I was like I'm unfamiliar with this is not me anymore but what was great is I knew exactly what to do and I had my workout with my personal trainer that day and I messaged him and he's he's been like we move according to how I'm feeling every single day and, and your cycle. taking it slow and my cycle and all this stuff. So he's incredible. But I messaged him and I was like, I need to do a cold plunge today. And we went and we jumped in the bay and we jumped off um, the pier into the freezing cold bay. Oh wow! And we just like kind of like um, what is it called when you're you're treading like we just like treading treaded water. water for a little bit and I got like really really freezing and then did my workout and I came home and it was like I was a brand new person whereas before I would have just like I need to keep working on this I need to sit down and do more and focus more so that was really cool um but I wouldn't say like I haven't had any increased like depression anything like that so that's been that's been good so far I love that you said you know I knew exactly what to do and I took action because this is also how I explain what it's like for me now it's yes I still experience anxiety that is triggered by very specific situations like yours was it's an emotion we're not going to never experience that again but the difference is I can move it out of my body really quickly like Mm -hmm. usually I can move it out of my body in two to three hours And then if not, at least the next day when I wake up, it's gone and it's, it doesn't like impact my sleep that night of, like, I'm not really going to bed with it and Mm -hmm. I'm waking up the next day and it's like fresh start, brand new day. Yeah. And that was actually something I was getting nervous during the day. I was like, oh my God, what if I don't sleep tonight? what if I don't sleep tonight? Because this, it was like, I was working on this big thing all week and I, yeah, like stress, imposter syndrome, all these things. I slept like a fucking baby, like all week, all week. Yeah. Okay. This is my final question for you. Okay. Because you took the program two Mm -hmm. years ago. So the program has evolved, right? Mm -hmm. And now there's the group coaching only um, and then there's the the private coaching option. And the yes. only difference is you, you still get that one-on-one call where to be 100% honest, I would still put you on a very similar protocol as what yeah. everyone else is on. Unless for some reason, there's something jumping out at me that I'm like, okay, maybe no, you should, you should do this. But there, I don't, I don't know a situation right now in my head that that would happen. Um, and then there's the Voxer chat component. Do mm. you think, because I, I know because I have conversations with people that a lot of people feel like it's private or bust. And if they can't afford private, it's not going to work that that's the best way to get support. But because you technically went through the program where you came to a few of the calls, but the rest, Mm -hmm. it was all just done on your own and through the Facebook group. Do you think you need like one-on-one private support to get results? No, no. 
full stop. You don't. If, like, you literally have put the program together so comprehensively, and it's like every single step, every single question that you could have, it's answered. And then you also get the, you get to go into the Facebook group and ask the question still. And there right? are weekly Q&A calls. Yeah. yeah. So you can submit your question ahead of time or you can, yeah. you can come live. It's just not face-to-face. It's me going live in the group and people could watch live and type their questions and interact. Mm-hmm. To be honest, nobody really comes live because and that's you fine. don't need to. You don't Cause... need to. You watch the replay. You ask your questions. You can ask your questions anytime. You'll get an answer Monday to Friday within 24 hours. And not just from me, but from mm-hmm. all the other women who are in the group, which is yeah. so cool because they can jump in and be like, oh my gosh, I remember feeling this way. This is what I did. Or yeah. they can be like, I remember feeling this way. Keep going. Because I yeah. promise you, I also wanted to give up, but I kept going and I'm so glad I did. And yes. it helps to hear it from not just me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I I actually really liked when I didn't have to come to the live calls because yeah, I busy. knew I'm, I could just give you my question. You're going to answer it. You're going to tag me at the time that my question's asked. Yes. I'm going to listen to that part. Like, if you, if I felt like listening to somebody else's questions, like totally, but honestly, I just care about myself, you know, (laughs) which is fine. (laughs) I just like, I'm busy. I got shit to do, you know? So being able to just like, Hey, here's my question or Hey, here's what I'm struggling with. Or, um, even just seeing people's like recipes. Like I'm obsessed with that when they're like, Oh, here's how I turn this like amazing dish gluten-free. And I'm like, Oh my God, give me that. You know, so smart. Like I didn't think of that. Thank you. (laughs) So smart. And so it's honestly like not to like downsell anybody, but I really don't think that you need the one-on-one right away. I literally say that all the time and you would think that I would be pushing the one-on-one because it's more money, but I'm not. I'm like, I promise you, you don't need it. If you want it, that's a different story. If you're Mm -hmm. like, I just really want that private one-on-one access to you, that's different, Mm -hmm. but you don't actually need it. And I have like built the program specifically that way. And it's been like refined and refined and refined over four years and it'll continue to be refined. Mm -hmm. And you just, you, you don't need it, but it's just the model people are stuck in. Like they go to their doctor they get private attention. They go to their naturopath, they get private attention. But let me ask you, is that working for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the thing is, is it's like, you're going to have to do the work anyways, Mm -hmm. right? Going the private route does not absolve you of doing the work. So if the reason you want or you think you need the private is because there's going to be some like insider secret or shortcut or whatever, it's like, no, you're just, and if you, if you're someone and you're like, I know I a hundred percent need accountability. I need that one-on-one. I need to know that in a month from now, I'm going to get on a call with Taylor and I need to tell her that, yes, I've cut out gluten and dairy. Like if I need to have that accountability and you're, that's who you are as a person, sure, go the one-to-one if that's what's going to get you success. Mm-hmm. But that's not, like the one-to-one isn't going to make it quicker. It's not going to give you any insider secrets that everybody else doesn't have within the program, right? I'm so glad you said that. And usually if a conversation comes up in my one-to-one channels that for some reason hasn't been talked about in the group, I literally go into the group. And I'm like, yeah. hey, this just came up. These, this is what I said. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because I'm not trying to be like, I'm not trying to like keep anything from anyone. I'm just trying to be like, what can you do? Like what, Mm -hmm. where can I meet you financially in a way that still honors and respects my time and my energy, Mm -hmm. but also gets you support? Yeah. 100%. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, you're welcome. This was so fun. (laughs) And I'll see you on our podcast. Can't wait. that is a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I have one quick favor to ask you before you go. If you love today's episode, I would so appreciate if you left a review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to right now. My goal with this podcast is to reach as many people as possible to spread awareness that anxiety is not this incurable disease. It's not something we just have to live with. It's definitely not just part of your personality, and there are body-based imbalances that need to be addressed in order to truly be free from chronic anxiety. With awareness comes action, and the more people this podcast can reach, the less people will struggle with anxiety. And positive reviews are the number one way to help new people discover the show. You are the best. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you so, so, so much. One last thing. My legal medical disclaimer. The Breaking Up With Anxiety podcast with me, Taylor Jandro, is for general information and educational purposes only. And the advice and recommendations I give or my guests give throughout the episodes do not replace medical advice. The consumption of this podcast does not qualify as a practitioner-client relationship with me, and the use and implementation of the information discussed are at the sole discretion of the listener. Yes, I am a nutritionist, but I am not your nutritionist. So please discuss any changes with your primary healthcare provider. Okay, that's it. Until the next episode. Bye for now.